Chirp is the ultimate automation toolbox for home service businesses. Chirp helps you capture more leads, connect faster, close more deals, and create customers that will buy from you over and over again. Using text message, email, and ringless voicemail automation, with Chirp, you can maintain perfect follow-up throughout the entire customer journey. Learn more about how to transform your customer experience on chirp.com today. C-H-I-I-R-P. On Purpose Media is a digital marketing agency servicing the home services industry with a flair for HVAC businesses. The right combination of digital marketing makes all the difference. Take your business to the next level. Check out onpurposemedia.ca today. Welcome to Power Women of the Trades podcast. This show is all about breaking barriers and changing the game. Our guests will feature some of today's most successful female entrepreneurs and other advocates of our industry as well. Because if there's one thing we know for sure, female-led entrepreneurship drives change on multiple levels. We want to empower women in the trade industry like you so you can maximize your potential, stay balanced, achieve long-term success, and claim ownership over your life. Let's get started. This is Leslie and Cassie with Power Women of the Trades podcast, and we are featuring Lynn Wise today with Contractor in Charge. Hey, Lynn. Hey, Leslie. And Cassie. Hey. (laughs) So this is a personal favorite because I actually use Lynn's services for our business champion plumbing, and I feel like she has really helped me understand the numbers in my business and just understanding the health of our business. Lynn, I really want to hear from you on what do contractors need to look at in their financials not get too into the weeds because that can be intimidating, but maybe some just top three, four, five takeaways that they can start looking at. Well, and before we do that real quick, maybe let's have Lynn introduce herself so she can tell us her experience, why why she knows the numbers, because numbers are scary. We don't like them. Numbers are scary. But I think as in this industry, we're guilty of trusting people with our numbers that don't have the proper skills or experience. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. So... If someone was listening and they have no clue who Lynn Wise is, which if you don't, Google her and you will figure it out very quickly. But we're going to give the Lynn Wise book real quick. What is it? Who are you? So Lynn Wise, CEO, founder of Contractor in Charge. By the way, we just celebrated our seventh year. Yay. Yeah, we made it. We made it. The whole concept of Contractor in Charge was to focus on the things that contractors tend not to know how to manage, train, or hire. So think of center of competency for those areas. And so one of those areas that you all struggle with is accounting. You feel like it is a mystery. And it really isn't. It really isn't. It's very much interpreted from the things you do every day. And if you put that in perspective, you understand what comes in the front door goes out the back door. Front door is our world typically a service item. So that's your jobs that are booked. Those are your proposals that are created. Those are the invoices that are completed on a daily basis. That's where you collect money. That's where you should be looking at your purchasing and your costing. And for your operation side, that's very dynamic. It changes day by day. And that's how you should run your day-to-day business. Your financial statements, however, tell the story of what happened. It's not what's happening, but it's what happened. And the reason you want to know what happened is because you want to know whether you want to keep it the same 
do more of the same or you want to change the direction and do something different. Typically, that's to make more money. And so you have this knowledge and this experience to tell us all these things because you previously owned a plumbing company? I owned a plumbing and heating and remodeling company for 15 years. I started out as a dispatcher. I became a general manager and an owner. I left the business, came back to the business after 25 years, meaning the trades, I should say. I spent nearly 25 years in the corporate world. I worked for IBM and Ameritech. I came back to the industry because I truly have a passion for this industry. And what I learned was good news, nothing changed. Bad news, nothing changed. Yeah. Well, it's scary. And I think, you know, you say it so eloquently, like, you know, you don't have to be scared. But Leslie and I always say, you know, talking about your books with someone is like, you know, showing a dirty picture. You don't want to share it and you don't want to. We go to these, you know, these networking events sometimes. And me and my husband, he's a funny guy, but he'll always say, you know, brushing shoulders with people. So we do $92 million with 150% net. You know, like we just make numbers up because you never know what you're getting with it people. it sounds good. It sounds good. And most of the time, the people that you talk to, they're not telling the truth. They're not telling the truth. And so I think that has been one of the most profound things for Leslie and I of having relationships with people like you that can tell us, you know, sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's a negative month. Sometimes it's a 21% net month. So Anyway, so you have the experience, you're Profit First certified, QuickBooks certified. And so I just wanted to make sure. Service Titan certified. Service Titan certified. I really wanted to make sure for anyone who's listening could under that, make sure that, that they understood that who we're talking to today has done the work, knows the work, and can help you with the work. But you have to be willing to show the real and the raw. You got to be a bit vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable. And it's the accounting and your numbers is probably the most vulnerable spot in the business. But no one wants to talk about those those that often. I would be interested to hear how many actually even talk about net. I know you were making a joke, but the thing is everyone's just talking about top line revenue and it really means nothing in your business. And I was guilty of that for years. You know, when we worked in new construction, we thought, oh my gosh, we're going to hit this mark and we really made it. Meanwhile, we had nothing left coming to us. It was more of an ego thing, right? It's kind of like adding trucks on the road and you think you've really made it because you put more real estate, but none of that really matters if you don't understand how to measure your net. There's an old saying, sales is vanity, profit is sanity. So if you always kind of put it in that perspective and always think about business and anything that you do financially, you invest into assets. Assets could be people, trucks, trenchless equipment, whatever. But that, the intent of an asset is to generate revenue. Revenue generates profit. Profit generates operating cash flow. Amen. 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 And that's, that. you know, even in our own business, we've been in business, you know, coming on nine years. Sorry, I had to do some quick math. And uh, when we got over five years, I thought, oh, we made it because this five years is hard. And then we made it over six years and seven and now coming into nine. And I still don't know the numbers as well as I should. And we're nine years in. And that's the scary part because no one, I always joke and say, who gave me the keys to this business? You know, no one taught me. I didn't go to school for business. I went to school to be a dental assistant, you know. So we've had to learn and we've had to learn like through hard knocks, right? And making really bad decisions. But I really wanted to like harp on getting the right person and understanding people like Lynn or others that do the things that she does, making sure that they 
are the right person and they have the credentials and they can show it because just like anything else, our industry often gets flooded with wannabes that wreck you. And, and we've made that. We've, we've hired those. And I was just joking earlier about, you know, you hire the new bookkeeper and they're like, I've got to clean these books up and it's going to cost this much. And you're like, well, I just paid the last three bookkeepers the same fee and it's never been cleaned up. And so anyway, so Leslie currently uses you contractor in charge. And so Leslie had some great questions. I know we, what's the fab five? There's so many questions you can ask because I feel like when I really started with Lynn, I thought I had an idea and an understanding and I just didn't. So I, and I say this every week with the team because she has an amazing team of women. Every time we meet, I say, okay, I learned a little something more on how this all works together because I couldn't figure out for the life of me why the PNL wasn't telling me what my coach was telling me. And then it was, okay, you need to look at the PL, but you also need to look at your cash flow and your balance sheet. And I immediately got overwhelmed. It just, that's the way my brain works. So what I have liked and what has been really beneficial for me is, again, the, the numbers are not my gift and I want to work at my gift. So I want to hire the best and who this is their gift, right? We have to do that as owners. We have to hire the best people to be working on our stuff. And so as we meet each week and, and for a short amount of time, because I don't like to do a long meeting. I just have such a big, better understanding. And last week when I looked at my net and it actually hit our budget, I couldn't believe it. And I do think that's a part of kind of the story and the flow of how it's been working with you guys, because you've had to explain things so patiently with me multiple times. And I've had to ask it in different ways. And you've had to say, okay, Leslie, let me paint you a picture. So that was really valuable to me because it doesn't come easy to me. And everyone on your team is that way. So you were talking about the big five earlier. Big five is something we talk about in Nextstar. And she calls it. I call it the fab five. And it's a little bit different. The big five in Nextstar are a little bit different, though, because I think when you were telling me them earlier, you have in your fab five owner's wages. And then I think in ours, there's a replacement there as vehicle. But either way, I think whenever you said wages, I owner's wages, I thought. Well, think owner's compensation, not yes. just wages. So don't be so literal. Think about yeah. what your compensation plan is. It's good and bad because no one told us how much to pay ourselves as an owner. And then you get into the space where you are, you're working so hard and why am I making nothing? Or I'm working so hard I need to pay more. And then someone comes in and is like, you need to pay yourself less or, you know, and so. Or you need to pay yourself more. Most businesses' online presence is boring. And by being boring, they're losing out on potential sales and customers. Being interesting and exciting is what draws customers in and gets them to buy from you. But it's hard to be interesting online when you're focused on running your business and taking care of your customers. It doesn't have to be this way. We have the key to unlocking the solution to your problem. Key Heart Marketing can help take your business from boring to brilliant on social media. We can vouch for them. They run our podcast socials. If you want to have a strong social media presence that allows customers to know, like, and trust you, connect with Key Heart Marketing keyheartmarketing.com. When you start this thing that you dream about, you forget you have a lifestyle that you have to afford 
or you have to change your lifestyle so the business can't afford it. The Gucci doesn't pay for itself. No, it does not. (laughs) And so when you start this, you have to make that part of the equation. So if you need, let's just say, I'm just going to use a number, $100,000 a year to run your household, then you have to have a business that can support you at $100,000 a year. And our magic number for compensation, let's not talk about distributions or net income, return on investment, is usually 5%, let's say, W-2 wages. Your ROI comes out of your distributions and or your net income. So 5%, you got to do $2 million a year to do $100,000 to your household. So you have to somewhat back into where you need to be and then how you get there. Or the, or the opposite when... In my head immediately, I think, dang, I'm not paying myself enough. Well, some days you couldn't pay us enough. (laughs) No, but you all deserve that. (laughs) You need to make that fair wage the the value that you have in the marketplace. That's the trade-off that you make. And if you can't pay you your fair wage as an owner, then you need to reevaluate. You can't sustain it mentally. No, it's not sustainable. Amen, sister. Yep. Amen. That's a good one. And I think, again, as owners, we forget or we don't know who to ask. No one's it's em- Or it's embarrassing. And it I will never say should this, be embarrassing. I know. In one of the first meetings I had with her, because I had had some other bookkeepers, is it feels embarrassing. Like, why don't I know this? Why don't I understand it yet? Help me understand because it's simple, but it's not. Especially when you get into the weeds with KPIs, you know, we just did our budget planning with Nextstar, which was so incredible and so amazing the way they broke it down for me and did man calls and ticket conversion. And I really, believe it or not, I really enjoyed that. For me to sit there, it really gave me hope and peace and just black and white, here's what we're going to do. So it simplified it. It helped me understand the numbers, the overall numbers with their team on a monthly basis. Well, it also helps you troubleshoot the number. If you achieve a certain number and if you understand the components of the equation and if the equation's not working, you know what to go back and look at. Speaking of the business planning workshop, I did that also. And January wasn't a great month across the nation. Everyone, January is January, right? But when I was able to circle back and look, I didn't have a call volume issue. I had a average ticket issue. And it forces you to look at and that. And some of our team didn't want to hear that. That was an ugly conversation. That was, I'm stepping into their ground of, but no, we did better than that. Well, the numbers aren't lying. You know, someone said. And it takes the emotion out of it when you just present them with data. It's just data and it's just the numbers and that average ticket's not going to pay anyone's bills, you know. <laughs> so just a takeaway on that lesson learned. So if January reflected a bad average ticket, or let's say not bad, mm-hmm. below what you expected. Less than stellar. Less than stellar. But that's a benchmark for every January go forward. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you measure against that. And if it's below, you know where you were in 2023. If it's above, then you know why it was above. And so, but you have to set yourself a benchmark. Yeah. And I think that's good, too, because we know our months are different and you can't compare an HVAC company in January to an HVAC company in July. No. And a lot of people out there do that. It's like, well, because we hear in these groups or through the uh, anybody on Facebook or whatever saying, well, my average ticket is 
900 million dollars and you're just like no it's not but and it definitely and we have an amazing culture and we convert every call that comes in and it's just like it's not and it definitely wasn't that number in january and july july was better and it's okay you know so anyways i think something so good that we talked about was just getting really vulnerable with your numbers but you have to have a team working on your stuff that you can trust to do that that doesn't make you feel stupid and ignoring your numbers for years, forever, forever is not going to get you're to the next step because it you're scared. It doesn't make it any yeah. better. It does not, no. and and that's the truth. That's Cassie. That's Cassie Pound's truth of ignoring numbers, and, and because it, it was scary. And we need people like you, Lynn, and that are willing to just tell someone it's you don't have to be embarrassed. We're the map company. We help show you the way. And we help you understand if there's a why in the road, whether you should take it or not. And those are what numbers ultimately do. And I do believe, just because I come from this industry and so I'm embedded in it, that in order to be good at the numbers, you have to know the workflow. You have to understand Especially how... Especially in Service Titan. Well, it, you have to understand how the, the sale is created, generated, why it happens, and then you have to then understand what its possibilities are. And then you can translate that into the financials a lot better. You can back back into that number versus just looking at the number and saying, well, the number is, right? And that's what I really believe makes us different is that we know how it comes in the front door and how it goes out the back door. Yeah. So you, you know, it's your Fab Five. My Fab, fab five. five. We talked about owner's wages. What do you think are the two other, I mean, Fab, obviously we've named, you've named them Fab Five because they're the biggest problem. They're the ones, well, they're the one that costs you the most money. Right. So you direct labor. That's always a big one. So what do you see are the most common mistakes? In direct labor? Yeah. Uh, it's called billing efficiency. You pay for more hours than you bill. That's your number one problem. So you don't have productive hours. Uh, the Lunch other, time. Yep. Well, or just not True. setting. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you can either look at direct labor as being a true cost of goods sold or it's just a way to increase inflation. So you got to be true to that number. But being at a productive rate that is just has a, a continuous basis to raise the price, you have to look at that and say, what what's wrong? The other one is materials and equipment. So what's the common problem? Walks out the back door. Yep. I'd say it w- actually it ends up more in the dumpster than it walks out the back door. So I have one client. He said he probably could just make a living just in what he digs out of his dumpster every month. So. We had this conversation just the other day. I was talking to one of um, the managers in our company, and I said, it's not that I think anyone's stealing. No. That that does happen. It okay? does. It does. But it, I love our team and I trust our team and I don't think anyone's stealing. But I think I had a box of PVC couplings in here for six months and they're on my way now and I don't want to go tell the warehouse manager so I'm just going to chunk them and then, but that was $42. Or I'm already at the part house buying this so I'm going to go ahead and get a little extra while I'm oh. here and then it gets lost in the truck because their truck isn't stocked appropriately and it's completely unorganized and they have trash everywhere. So it is. It's one of those things. It's like, how into the weeds do you want to get into your material? You know, because that makes up your gross profit, right? Like, that's how we measure our service manager. Are you willing to hire someone 
and pay them $40,000 a year to uh, wrangle your material? Or are you going to include that as a loss? Like that's how we had to make the decision at our size. We know we will have a warehouse person, but right now, do we think there's a $40,000 a year difference? You know, and what we would pay in a salary, do we really have that much loss? Because some of that's just going to have to be built into your price. Yeah. Same as Walmart. It's chasing pennies versus dollars. However, I, you know, another topic, but I, I'm a big believer in centralized purchasing. Big believer in it. It builds efficiency into everything you do. So centralized purchasing for someone who might not understand that lingo, what is Single point of contact for all purchasing. You don't have open purchase orders. Tax don't do purchase no. orders. Yes. Yep. And and that's appropriate at certain mm -hmm. stages of your business, too. Like, not everyone's starting out. You kind of have yeah. to stair-step your way into being able to have that running as a department. It's actually a function. It's not so much a department. So, you know, at a million... Oh, you're not talking about having an actual stocked material no, in your warehouse. No, I'm talking okay. about just somebody who oh, manages gotcha. the purchasing. Gotcha. Yeah, knows the best buy, how to find the best buy, who keeps... Uh, task on your price book keeps the prices up to date who that's a full-time job now yes it is it is a full-time job but you know and again going back to what you said do you have to take is, is that loss you have to pick your back you well and you have to pick your battles because if you're already having people wearing multiple hats and calling in to give po's with the part house i mean that is a full-time job you have to decide Am I willing to have this as a full-time position or am I going to have multiple people do 10% of this job? And what's it really going to meet on my bottom line? Well, and like she said, I think too, is when I have, you have multiple people calling, this one calls this supply house because he likes John, Johnny at the counter and he's going to give him two That's Dr. Correct. Peppers when That's he goes correct. in. And then I am going to call this one because it's beers. cheaper. Yeah, yeah, right. And that happens. And so our, like in my, our business, our warehouse manager, who is a, a woman, I love the heck out of her she can recite nomenclature she can tell me things that i don't know and she will tell me she'll come in and say this humidifier at this place is this cost and this one at this place is this cost and they wanted that install tomorrow can i bump it and she knows those numbers and if it wasn't for her i would have just been like previously we would have said no we're installing tomorrow because this and and i'm paying 300 dollars different because Johnny's going to give me two Dr. Peppers and a beer. Well, and it also makes you decide what you stock and what you don't stock. So how volatile the price is, or if you can get better discount on a buy, you'll make decisions on what you stock and what you don't stock. Not that you're going to stock a lot, but you might have that one or two that for that job that you can put in tomorrow and you know you've got the best price and all you're going to do is now is replace that because you're going to continually sell that. But I'm a real big believer in that. And it is, um, for me, it's efficiency. It's really about efficiency. It streamlines it. Well, and like Leslie said, not always is that the best spot for your business. What works for me doesn't work for you. Right. And I think there's at times, we were talking about it earlier with Angie about recruiting off the scenes that you can't, you don't always have the resources to recruit the very, very best when you're just starting out. So sometimes you have people for a season and then you have to move on. And I think you stair-step your way into these um, operations the best you can. And at some levels, it's just not appropriate or it wouldn't make sense for the owner. But you get there. I mean, it, it, it has to be something you're always well, moving towards. It would be all amazing if we could all, I mean, Lynn, let's be honest. If we could all open a business day one, zero revenue, and hire Lynn 
and hire the best operations manager and the best service manager. And we have zero warehouse fleet manager. That We're thinking an- about doing centralized purchasing as a function at contractor in charge. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's a good deal. That's a, hey, nice plug. I'd like to hear more about that. We would love that to know going. that. And, the, and when that's happening, for sure. But you see the benefit of that because we know that would obviously come as a thought to help people. And she knows because nothing is more defeating in our business. I was telling Lynn this earlier. We have started doing weekly P&L checks because we were trying to identify what in the world we're doing wrong in some areas from time to time. And we spend too much in direct labor and we spend too much in materials. And when we're looking at materials, it's like, well, how did that happen? And sometimes it's because someone stopped here and decided to backfill his truck instead of the cage or, you know, vice versa or you know, they stopped at a supply house in a very rural area that the second I see that invoice, I'm like, we paid four times more than we should have for that, you know. But then while he was in there, I went ahead and, you know, refilled the whole truck. And though there's a massive benefit for that, I think, and and, and teaching that, too. Yes, I think so. so. It's a discipline. Yes. Yes. So other Fab Fives, advertising. Want me to talk about that one? Y'all spend way too much money on advertising. I'm not claiming that energy. Yeah, our <laughs> our all of our vendors are gonna be like, no, yeah. we don't. Depends on so. who you ask. Depends yeah. on who you ask. It depends on where you at. It depends on your market. It depends on where your goals are. Do you think a lot of people, you know, they say, for advertising, you should budget yeah eight to ten percent if if you're growing. Do you think that's? I think that's true. I don't I don't disagree. Based on the way, again, this comes back to being efficient. Because advertising spend is not efficient, okay? So you have to, it's built into it. And it's hard to measure its efficiency. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's not efficient, but there are types of marketing that are hard to pinpoint where others are easy in certain reports. It's like branding. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. hard to say, well, you spent 40,000 in branding this year. you're not going to see that on your summary report. You're just going to know that these other avenues increased in yeah, cost. I think that's- Branding is an investment. Right. Advertising is an expense. I love Lynn. I know. I think on ours, it's just broken down into branding and digital marketing. I'm trying it, to think. Most people don't break it down into branding yeah. and both. But it branding is an investment, though. That's right. a long haul play. You, right, right. You do that with intention. Advertising is to drive Calls to fill, now. yeah, to fill capacity. Right. I feel like Kick Charge Dan is going to like get that quoted from Lynn and like frame it. Branding is an investment. I mean, he says that and he preaches that, but it it is. But but you have to understand that you know that's just one of those another one of those things that's understanding that. Yeah, I got that invoice or that quote to do this, and can I afford it? I don't know. And you have to be in that right spot. You can't afford it always in year one. Here's a secret. If you can afford it now or you can't afford it now, that means that you are basically firing against the future. So you have to be able to recover it. It may not be immediately today, but you've got to be able to recover it in the long haul. So you know, a typical year of financials is 12 months, right? So often we get hung up in what happens this month, but you really need to look at where you've been and where you're going. And the trailing 12-month history of your financials is really more relevant than last year's aggregate number. 
So from where you're at. Well, especially in marketing, and as we're always talking about KPIs, some KPIs can only be measured daily, some can only be measured weekly, some can only be measured monthly. But again, branding, it you're going to have to look at that year over year because yep. it is long term. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Those are good. I love, I think all of those points you made are going to be super helpful to people listening. And again, I just think it's like goes back to being vulnerable and understanding that you don't know what you don't know. And a whole bunch of people didn't know it either until they found someone that they trusted. Well, I'll tell you what, Miss Leslie is as vulnerable as they get. True. And that's really one reason she does it. I have nothing to hide. So you really don't. Yeah. You do a really, you're really good at going, okay, I don't know. I said, Lynn, help me help myself. And by the way, everybody's got their own reason sometimes for where they're at. And it's not fair to make that competitive. It's fair to know the right way and the wrong way. That's fair. But you should not be made feel inferior because of that. I like that. I do too. And I think you don't know until you know. You've got to learn. You put yourself out there. You you learn. You grow. You change. And don't compare yourself to someone else's chapter. Lynn, Lynn chapter. tell people how they can find you. Sure. www.contractorincharge.com. Lynn at contractorincharge.com. She's also on Facebook, I'm LinkedIn. on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. And I've got a booking link. Just book some time. Learn more about what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. Awesome. awesome. Thank, you, Thank so you, much. you so much. Thank you so much. We'll do I it again. enjoyed it. Yes, okay. ma'am. Being a power woman of the trades requires powerful business branding. With KickCharge Creative, you can make sure your home service business is branded, not blanded. The proof is in our podcast logo. They created it. Now more than ever, having consistent branding that sends a clear message is essential to helping you stand out. To get started on carving out your company's unique identity, contact the KickCharge Creatives branding experts online at kickcharge.com or call 908-835-9000 today. It's on zero, babe. 85% of home service business owners like you are struggling to find the right talent. As your business grows and you look for ways to scale, you are constantly looking for new talent. However, finding the right person to fill a position can be difficult and expensive most people turn to job boards or recruitment agencies when looking to hire in the trades. But these methods can be costly and time-consuming. The solution? Working with Yellowstone Local. They offer employer branding, recruiting, and hiring solutions that are specifically tailored for home service companies and the trades. Their services are affordable and will help you reduce the amount of time it takes to find and hire a new employee. Save your time reduce your turnover and increase your sales. Check out yellowstonelocal.com to get started. This has been Power Women of the Trades. Like what you hear so far? Leave us a review at Apple and make sure to listen to our other episodes wherever you enjoy listening to your podcasts. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.